ओम श्री साई राम प्रशांति संदेश सेवेंटी फोर्थ एपिसोड द टॉपिक फॉर दिस मॉर्निंग इज द एटर्नल ट्रूथ द एटर्नल ट्रूथ लेट मी शेयर फ्यू थॉट्स विद यू ऑल बेस्ड ऑन साई लिटरेचर इन अवर डेली लाइफ वी कंसिडर दैट द बॉडी is our home that our body is our residence it is our house but we are wrong if we think so the body is not my home the body is not my residence the body is something like a holiday inn a chowdhury a hotel it is not a permanent residence in that case my permanent residence is in the divinity that is within me therefore the divinity is my home divinity is my nativity the temporary houses or homes where i reside are just temporary that's all therefore to think i made home out of my body or this body is my home is a mistaken idea naked truth is you are not the body body is only a holiday inn that's why swami said in one of the summer discourses where he rendered in telugu adi shankara's bhajagovindam shlokas In one of these slokas, Swami said in Telugu, "Tamara kupai thala thala laade, niti bottu vale nilakadale nidi bhajagovindam bhajagovindam govindam bhaj mudamate tamara kupai thala thala laade." What does it mean? we see in our ponds and lakes the lotus plants lotus on the lotus leaf we also find some droplets shining glittering water drops on the lotus leaf shine brilliantly but that water drop is just temporary it may drop any time that's why baba says body is a water bubble how can that be your home no further bhagwan said vilvaleni inupa pettai dehambu body is like and goddess almaira that is no value pettalona nagalu pettinatlu just as in almaira you keep all the treasures and the jewels dehamandu ఆత్మదేవుడుండెను సుమీ ఇన్ దిస్ బాడీ విచ్ ఈస్ ఇన్ అల్మాయిరా ఈస్ కెప్ట్ ఈస్ దేర్ వాట్ ఆత్మ ద డివినిటీ ఈస్ విత్ ఇన్ యూ వైల్ ద బాడీ ఈస్ ఎన్ ఐరన్ సేఫ్ ద మోస్ట్ ప్రెషస్ జ్యువెలరీ ద ఆత్మ ద స్పిరిట్ ద డివినిటీ ఈస్ విత్ ఇన్ యూ దట్స్ వాట్ భగవాన్ సెట్ సో ద ఫస్ట్ ద ఫస్ట్ thing that we have got to know is that body is a water bubble and that i am not 
the body the eternal truth and then in that situation how do our scriptures help what is the contribution of the masters the masters and the scriptures they always tell us our nativity you don't belong to this body there's divinity within you you belong to that that's what scriptures and masters say simple example you may go to america or australia whatever foreign country it is and you may be staying there for decades and decades and mix with others as if you are a man of that country but suddenly when you come across a person from your native place say from india your own man comes over there and talks to you either hindi or english or uh, uh, telugu or tamil whatever maybe if you start speaking in your mother tongue abba you will jump in joy you try to speak in your mother tongue you forget that you are in a foreign land you forget that foreign language you begin to converse with him in your mother tongue likewise when once we realize the divinity within yes that's quite altogether a different plane of understanding which gives us a kind of awareness that body is just a holiday inn and is not my home this is the truth and another point is also this body is made up of earth whereas my being inside me the atma the spirit within is the sky that sky is within me the divinity while the body is only what you call is made up of earth will ever the sky and earth meet no impossible but from a distance it appears they are meeting it is only a mirage it is only a horizon that gives you false impression that sky and earth are meeting they will never meet because the being cannot merge with the body the atma or the spirit cannot merge or unite or identify with the body that's the reason why swami says you are not the body further the teacher says this yedi erigina sarvambu yerukapaduno if you know the divinity the rest of things are known very well yedi teliyaka sarvambu teliyabadado if the divinity is not known if the divinity is not taught to you by your masters or the scriptures nothing else can ever be known atte paravijjaner pedunatade gurudu he is a true preceptor he is a true guru if he teaches you gives you that knowledge by which everything else is known that's what bhagwan said this a naked truth this is an eternal truth by the teachings of the masters what is happening by the teachings of the masters the clouds disperse suddenly when clouds start appearing across the sky you don't see sun or the moon whatever the case may be because full of clouds all around unless clouds disperse you cannot see the moon or the sun whatever may be similarly we are clouded crowded so this has to be cleared that's what is important now what are these clouds the question may arise 
the clouds of our habits. It is said, old habits die hard. We have so many uh, habits of the past. They are very heavy. Age-old habits. Not only that, the cloud of darkness or ignorance, which has been very ancient. And all the, uh, what you call ignorance, that we gathered over lives after lives, centuries, uh, they are dark clouds, thick clouds. When these clouds appear, you cannot get the rays of light reaching you. So, when these clouds clear, yes, the rays of light have, have arrived. You feel all that freshness, all that is quite new. But the fact is also this. We don't believe what the, we don't trust whatever that is conveyed to us by our masters. This Baba himself said, Manchi mata vinaru manasichichepina. Even if I tell you openly, openly, you don't listen to me. Chadamata mundu chevini padunu. Because your ears are already filled, have already started receiving the gossip, the rumors and the vain talk. We don't listen to the teachings of Bhagavan. Such sort of people, can they ever know me? You are intelligent. What is the use? Your intelligence is of no use at all. Therefore, we should learn to obey and to listen to and to pay attention to the teachings of Bhagavan Baba. Then what will happen? When these clouds of our habits and ignorance are cleared, what happens? I and mine are gone. You don't say, I am that, I am that, which is nothing but ego. This is mine, that is mine, that is also gone. Ahankara, Aines, Mamakara, mine, both of them are gone when once the clouds are cleared. What is this eye? This eye is like a coin with both sides obverse and the reverse. The outer eye and the inner eye. The outer eye has got a claim. This is my name. This is my place. This is my profession. This is my position. I am so and so. That is outer eye. But inner eye is the only one in everyone that is your spirit, our Atma, our consciousness. Therefore, when clouds clear out, the outer eye, mind are gone. You will begin to ex experience the inner eye, the divinity. When that divinity is recognized, we will certainly understand that you are divine. Aham Brahmasmi, I am God, I am Brahman, that sense will prevail. And then what happens? Swami clearly explains, Manasu buddhi chittamu adi ahankarambu yendu putti perugi yendanangu. In fact, we should be aware that it is Atma or the spirit or consciousness out of which the mind has arisen. So, the birthplace 
or the mind is atma only and this mind with discretion is intellect the mind with a kind of response or pulsatory activity or with vibration is what you call chitta the feeling and this i which introduces ourselves to the outer world is ahankara ego therefore the mind intellect emotion and ego where they all have been born out of this self or atma or consciousness endu putti perigi endadangu they are born out of atma atma is the birthplace they grow there and merge ultimately into atma having emerged out of atma they merge back into atma adiyasibudu atma arayanga chudanga on enquiry you will know that atma that consciousness is shiva and that's what it is marva bokumaiya mangalatma that atma is most auspicious you just remind yourself your true identity and never forget this word that bhagwan says this is an eternal truth and those people who have comprehended this truth they remain silent because silence is the state when you can experience that atma not by noise not by noise certainly not therefore silence is for those who know because this state of atma cannot be put in words or in any language impossible well how to know that how to know that this atma consciousness is eternal or permanent simple example the body is born yes body exists after death body is gone the house yes i see it is existing when the house is demolished it is gone so that exists and that vanishes later is it cannot be it cannot be atma or self or consciousness because self or consciousness remains forever and ever therefore we should remember that that which remains for eternity is atma or consciousness something like the sky that remains permanently is only the clouds that appear and vanish and so it is said that wisdom is silent and that wisdom all that experience of atma cannot be put in words kanidi idiyani chapanga galarugani brahmami idiyani chapanga vasamu kadu you can say this is not god this is not god by the theory of denial or neti siddhanta n e t h i you can deny that is not that is not but what it is you cannot tell brahmamidiyani chapanga vasamu kadu you cannot definitely specify what the divinity is sat nitya satya anantam bhugnana mokate that wisdom is infinite that wisdom is eternal truth adiye brahmambu vakkunaku alavikadu that eternal truth that infinite truth that wisdom 
is Brahman or Atma, which cannot be put in words. That's what Bhagavan has said. And now, it is in this instance, we should also know the another uh, interesting eternal truth. This spirit of Atma, our consciousness, can be experienced only by the process of meditation. Well, we are not able to meditate. Why? Because desire is coming in between. Unless until the desire is dropped, meditation is not possible. Impossible. You may meditate on your desire. Meditating on your desire is useless. Because desire is futuristic. Desire needs to be fulfilled. So when you have this meditation on the top of your mind, when you are in meditation, on the top of your mind, if desire is still there, it is no meditation at all. Why? Because when once the desire is there, it leads to the greed to follow. I want that, I want that. I still more want. That's what greed is. We will not have with this kind of desire and the greed, we will not have any equanimity or equal mindedness. The mind will never be calm. Therefore, the true meditation, a true meditator will have all the equanimity, steadiness, the steadfastness, the balanced state, state of mind, that mental composure because he considers suffering and pleasure equal. That's all. He doesn't, he has no preferences. He has no choices. He allows himself to go by the flow. When a stick is dropped into a flowing river, what happens? The river floats as per the flow of the river. Like that, a meditator allows himself to go with the flow of life. He will never fight against the currents of water that we have to understand. Well, this sort of a meditation, beyond the desire, beyond all demands, in the state of equanimity, is possible when we reach that no-mind state. N-O, no-mind state. When the mind is drawn, when the mind is thoughtless, desireless, then only meditation is possible. And we should not be eager nor have any kind of tension because we people, we come across people who are always eager to get the result out of meditation every time. What is the result you expect? So your meditation is result-oriented. You have got all the tension that you didn't get the expected results. What is it? So this tension and eagerness should be given up immediately uh, by any meditator. Okay? By this meditation, what happens? We'll experiencing the inner witness. That witness is Atma or the spirit or consciousness. That witness is possible and the same witness Outwards expresses itself in the form of equanimity. The man with balanced mind, meaning he has got the spirit of awareness. He has got that thought, that experience of the self or Atma. That's what we can understand. Therefore, 
in the state of witnessing sakshi anubhava which happens to be the end result of meditation there will be no more of desires there will be no more of demands there is no there is no idea of the future at all there is no thought relating to the future why because in witnessing you feel the present in witnessing you feel the life is here now not in future then and there that is the result of experience of witnessing this is possible as i said earlier when we reach that no mind state well in that no mind state what happens light descends on you that light is wisdom that light is gnana just a simple example this room is dark very good when i open the window what happens the light gets into this room and only in that light i'll be able to see all the chairs all the furniture all the books around the help the light helps me to see all that present in this room in a similar way that gnana or wisdom is the light with which you will be able to see everything around that's what it is then that is a happening that is a, that is a thing that is uh, that is divine totally that is no mind state another example just watch the sea when the sea is full of waves in turbulence highly disturbed you don't see the reflection of the moon or reflection of the sun whatever may be because the sea is disturbed full of waves surging waves cyclone how can you see the reflection impossible therefore our, our mind is something like that sea disturbed state of sea full of desires full of demands therefore we are not able to see the reflection of the moon or the sun therefore we should not have any kind of preferences that things should happen like this things should not happen like that what kind of differences what kind of feelings preferences you should have no no all these are because of the mind when one that is withdrawn such things do not exist let the sea the mind be calm without any waves of desires and demands for that we need to be alert alert awake arise when when do you when are you awake when would you arise when are you alert when once you say goodbye to the mind goodbye to the mind you'll be always alert and that state you realize that heavenly joy is flowing into you that you are drowned in that ambrosia or the divine nectar that's what bhagwan says madini gelichina shanti ke margamaryu when once you withdraw the mind naturally you will be along the path of peace you will know that shanti galgina aninta samata tochu when once you attain that state of peace you will experience that equanimity manasu nirmalambu manchike margambu that pure mind the steady mind 
is the path towards all truth, goodness and beauty. Satyam Sivam Sundaram Manasu Nirmalambu Mahita Shakti That balanced state of mind, the mind which is equanimous is the real strength to all of you. Manasu Nirmalamu Manishike Mukhyamu This balanced state of mind, this equanimous mind is most important. Maruva Bokudu Itti Manchimata Never forget these good words that I am conveying to you, declares Bhagavan. In fact, my friends, by withdrawing the mind, by experiencing that state of witness or Sakshi, with no demands, with no desires, in the process of meditation, we experience what bliss is. This bliss, Ananda, we should know, it is topmost, it is the climax, it is the finale, the final result of our meditation. It is clearly said, Sat Chit Ananda, Sat is truth, Chit is consciousness, Ananda the bliss. So Sat, about Sat the truth is Chit awareness. About that Chit awareness is Ananda, the blissful state that we have to understand. In other words, bliss is the definition of truth. This is the three rungs in the ladder of spirituality. Simple example, when I am travelling by a train, how do I come to know that the station is nearing? Well, I come to know that the station is nearing when I find some people moving, crowds gathering. Oh, the station is approaching. When I find the signal post, yes, I am close to the station. When once I reach the arrived platform, yes, that's the railway station. Likewise, just as you have the feel of the approaching station, you will have the feel of bliss or ananda. That, that's really great. Because approach is the truth. When once you approach the truth, the springs of bliss will well up. It springs, yes. And this is possible and this state of ananda, the bliss, will help our mind to be remain cool and will help our mind to maintain the state of equilibrium or equanimity. We'll grow in patience and we'll earn all that happiness that is available. And then exaltation, exaltation overwhelms all of us. We go on dancing in joy in the state of bliss. In fact, my friends, there are thousand reasons to be happy in this world. But we have a reason to be happy, but we don't look to be happy. Just watch the faces, that grim, long-faced, castroil faces, as Baba puts it. Because long, serious faces are just taken for granted. If any person starts smiling, we think that is a madcap. Why should he smile? Why should he put on a smiling face? Why can't he put on a, a sorrowful, miserable, melancholic, tragic face? Meaning, we take things for granted. A, a usual thing is to be serious. No, that is wrong. Seriousness is sickness. Let us be blissful. 
let us be full of ananda that's what we have got to understand that's why swami says i will never pass by that row by that row where this castroil fellows uh, uh, occupy those seats and we we have boycotted bliss in one sense no 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 let us be blissful because we are the embodiments of bliss let us not be pessimists at any point of time let us be cheerful yes cheerful blissful without any cause because we are bliss for ourselves we are the embodiments of bliss by right understand that it is our birth right so there need not be any cause to be blissful and let us be joyful and let us bliss serve the joy be our true nature our birth right without being violent and aggressive towards others others have got nothing to do with my blissful state with my joyful state and these are the naked truths my friends the eternal truth which i wanted to share with you this morning thank you for your time sai ram